0: The answer as you've seen like many discussions we have is it depends and uh, hopefully this episode helped guide you. It
1: depends Uh (laughs) the podcast. Yes
0: pretty much.
1: Welcome to the Photography Opinion Podcast. We discuss all things photo, video, and camera related. I'm Ben Lucas
0: and I'm Stuart Marlantis
1: and this is PhotoLog.
0: Ben, as you do. I was browsing YouTube the other day. and uh, Did you I... find a good uh, photography podcast on there? Well, other than that, <laughs> <laughs> I've found a genre of videos that exists with photography much as it does with uh, a lot of other things, and that is hacks. You'll see all these, oh, yeah. these hacks, photography hacks. And generally, these are some sort of funky diy project of like you know make your own softbox. let's say is one that i've seen a couple times where um are
1: you talking about the one that i wrote 10 years ago <laughs>
0: <laughs> well uh there 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 is that i actually wasn't referring to that but uh but there uh, there you go yeah
1: funny story i wrote an article on i made a softbox out of an a cardboard box from amazon hmm. and some napkins excellent and scotch tape
0: yeah so uh
1: you... it got the job done but uh like the fragilest touch would just destroy it it is not professional not recommended <laughs>
0: We'll see. You're you're already getting into uh, into the cons of of this this week's episode, which is uh, should you DIY things? Should you take on one of these photography mm. hacks that you see out on YouTube or out on the internet or in general, or are they not worth your time? Um, I have watched many of these. Some of them I find very compelling. Some of them I find very silly. <laughs> and I figured that we could talk about that this week. And there you go. You already have one. You're already... We're done. The whole episode's done. We're per- done. That's Apparently, it. Certainly don't make softboxes out of uh, cardboard and napkins. <laughs> no. That story was so bad. <laughs> but is there anything else that you've, uh, you've DIY'd um, since we're well, on the subject that right
1: you like? Well, right now, I... I... I will say I'm generally an anti-DIY person Mm -hmm. because when I'm talking with people about DIY, it's generally in the wedding sphere.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And uh, brides like to DIY stuff um, to their own detriment. If it's fun for you and you enjoy it and it's not super important how the end result turns out, great DIY it. But a lot of times they spend more time Time, energy, and often money than just having someone else do it in the first place. Um, so yeah, that's that's uh, if you're not good at it, don't DIY it. That's <laughs> why you just hire someone who's good at it. But uh, when it comes to a lot of the stuff we're talking about today, interesting. I am very much in the throes of DIY City, uh, in my studio right now. Mm-hmm. I just built, um, a stand for all my C stands. Uh, I built a, a shelf that was very specifically designed to hold vertical soft boxes. Go around a Calyx IKEA unit. Hold horizontal, like long stuff, like my crash pad and V flats, and have a false wall that I can hang all of my art samples on. So it is does like four or five things. Awesome And had to fit a very specific space. Obviously, you can't buy that. So mm-hmm. I just mm-hmm. went to the hardware store and bought lumber. And I've been building it. Um, yeah, a lot of stuff like that that I've been building. Um, there are one or two that uh, I
0: tried to DIY. And I'm like, oh, I should have just bought the thing. <laughs> so so that's actually a great call out. Um, in, in doing some thinking about this, uh, stuff that... Something that you might want to DIY is like, like you said, anything that doesn't, anything that isn't off the shelf necessarily. Anything um, that, that needs, needs to, f- to be to highly customized. Yeah, it needs yeah. to be highly customized. It needs to, f- especially like fit a specific space. I'm thinking organization stuff. Now, certainly you can buy a lot of this. You can buy, um, you know, shelving units, um, and some mm-hmm. of this might be more of a partial DIY thing where you're buying your. You know, maybe you're buying some off-the-shelf product, but you're combining some certain, uh, you know, different products to get the intended result that you want. But I think organization is a great thing. Like, spaces are different. Um, organizational needs are different depending on what you're storing and where you're storing it. And um, that's a, a great opportunity for um, for some, you know, full DIY where you're building the whole thing. I mean, if you're handy enough, especially if you have the tools, um, you know, you can build the entire experience you can build a wall you can build shelves um people really i think underestimate their abilities and yeah everything you build especially when you're starting out is not going to be amazing um but the quality will as you start to build confidence and get a little bit of experience the quality uh, is certain to to climb quite quickly. I think more quickly than people would expect. Um, so yeah, organization, I think is something that's great for a, a full DIY experience or at the very least, you know, a partial DIY where you're putting together multiple things. You can always hire this out. Like, yeah. you know, really rich people, you know, have somebody build like, let's say a tool boxes in their garage or whatever, but you know, for, for us normals, yeah. um, I, I think I organization mean, is great.
1: I mean, when I was building a, uh, my C stand holder, Um, I probably took... I'd say maybe 10 to 20 hours of labor so if you're hiring that out you can do the math in Mm -hmm. your area how much that would cost to hire someone on top of the material expense and to me uh, I have more time than money so uh, I wanted to you know do that Um, but I couldn't just buy anything Mm -hmm. because the only C stand holders that hold the amount of C stands I own are thousands of dollars because they're full steel hydraulic like whatever and i spent like a hundred bucks at home depot on lumber so that's that's very different
0: in scale and this is something that i've seen uh you know many times in in studio environments is like a lot of the organization stuff is is just slapped together (laughs) like you know it it needs to be it needs to be functional it needs to hold the stuff it Mm -hmm. needs to but it doesn't need to look good and so as a result there's lots of uh plywood uh, and two by fours and and fun stuff so like that I although plywood's say... like made out of gold nowadays so <laughs> i mean yeah lumber prices are stupid Insane. right now
1: no i will say that i put a lot of thought and effort into how it looks mm-hmm. um I, I want it to look good slash be completely unobtrusive. So to the point where you won't even notice that I built a thing unless I point it out to you, it just looks like it exists. It fits the space perfectly. I, I took the time to paint it, which I, it's just a few extra dollars and you know, some extra time. Um, but it, it's totally worth it so that it does not look slapped together. Um, But the other thing, too, is my studio is not just for me. If it's a functional studio for you, I've worked in studios where everything's slapped together because it's just, you know, that's the thing that works. Mm -hmm. But uh, my studio is also a client meeting space. So I want everything to have an air of professionalism about it, even if I DIY'd it. I want it to be DIY'd well and made to made it to look like it's supposed to be there
0: for sure um and DIYing things well i think another another part of this that i've seen again especially in studio environments is uh, is backdrops and this is something that has to look good because mm. this is going to be on yeah. camera but this is something that you can build especially if you are lucky enough that you have the space like you know the best the best uh like green screen uh experiences that i've seen they're always like a painted wall it's always like a a real psych wall that somebody has Mm -hmm. built and painted and if you've got if you well in that case if you if you need a green screen a lot um paint actually building one and painting it uh can be a lot uh far far superior to pop-ups and i can say this is somebody who literally just used a pop-up to do a corporate thing the other day it worked fine but oh boy would a green wall have been better um yeah definitely not the same um and i of definitely course... wanted to build a psych well in that studio so badly <laughs> i want one just to have it just to say i have it <laughs> um skateboard
1: on that thing exactly
0: yeah. Um, so yeah, you know, some, some backdrops, if you're handy, like, uh, well, and especially you see things like sets, like, you know, sets are often built um, custom, this can be more of a pseudo DIY thing where you're you're kind of putting different pieces together that are off the shelf and, and some stuff that you're building entirely. But, um, but, you know, sets like can combine a whole bunch of different materials and mm-hmm. building techniques. And you can really make it, especially if you're somebody that enjoys that stuff, you can really have a fun time and make something that looks really good um, in the backdrop space uh, by building it yourself. Um, and often, the really extra fun part is uh, if you look to the sides or behind that backdrop, it's uh, held up by uh, you know <laughs> staples Very and baling twine, and it can look terrible. But as long as where it, as long as in frame, it looks good. That's all that matters.
1: Yeah. Um, so here is a funny story. Um, I did a bunch of work for Costco, and one of the things that I did was the, um, you know, the, like, yard uh, light yeah. things? It's like a stake with a solar panel, mm-hmm. so it lights up your path. Um, so we did the box packaging for some of those products that were sold in Costco. And what we did is we brought in, we like went to a nursery and we bought a bunch of the plants that they wanted to kind of create that garden and gravel. And we built a literal patio garden in the studio with these uh, three lights. But then what we did was uh, we were considering either just buying stock photos or using a painted backdrop. And what we ended up doing is we had about 10 walls in that studio that we would just uh, basically whitewash and repaint whenever a new client came in. And um, so we, we took the one that got the least used, repainted it to look like a nighttime kind of suburban cityscape thing uh to get like the look they were looking for because it was faster to paint that backdrop than it was to pay us pay me specifically to do like <laughs> 8 hours in photoshop for them
0: <laughs> yeah it's uh that that kind of that reminds me in in kind of a positive way although it didn't work out to pay you too to photoshop that um it kind of reminds me like the old matte painting thing that Mm -hmm. a lot of films well some films still do but a lot of films used to do um which is uh uh, kind of scratches that filmmaking itch a little bit in my mind but um (laughs) Uh, but yeah the other thing that I would I would encourage people to do and and you would you might uh, say this isn't full DIY because you're not literally you know building the the components for this yourself is is PC uh, like computing stuff um, Oh a lot of people absolutely. Are, a lot of people are scared of this um, and a lot of people are like, well, I only need a laptop. okay, fine if it's a laptop, i guess you can't buy a laptop you can't really build it yourself as easily although the the new framework laptop not sponsored but that's kind of compelling if you're looking for something that's more easily serviceable um but uh if you need a desktop build it yourself pre-built absolutely tend to be terrible i know the gpu market is nuts right now um so i'm sort of assuming that the gpu market will cool off at some point but generally (laughs) um pc stuff do it yourself it's not scary there are so many guides online that are great that will help you do this. For sure, um, it's not complicated. You're really looking at like half a dozen things that you're going to click together that are all designed to perfectly. If you have thumbs other.
1: and can Google and can turn a yeah. screwdriver, you can build a computer. I think I built like. Four,
0: five. You'll get exactly what you want, and yeah. you can save. You can either save tons of money, or you can redirect that money to suit your purposes. Like, I know I need tons of RAM, so maybe I'm going to sacrifice on my processor a little bit, but I'm really going to load up on the RAM. Or I need tons of storage, so I'm going to move money around. And you can get mm-hmm. exactly what you want and have no compromises, or compromises that you're making with eyes wide open, and not that a company's making for you. So, yep. um, yeah, PC stuff. I, I have actually never bought a pre-built PC in my entire life. I was lucky enough when I was uh, quite little to have some guidance around that and also um, just kind of was willing to break things and learn myself. And um, I've gone all the way up now into like enterprise grade, like rack mount equipment and stuff. And I, uh, like all of my storage hardware is run that way and it's awesome. So um, definitely it's an infinite money pit, but it's a money pit that, Potentially can serve you really well. Um well, the- here's the thing, like you say it's an infinite money pit, but it's only if you want infinite it to be. money pit if you
1: want, <laughs> if you it, want to it to be. be. It so my desk my desktop tower, I honestly have no idea how much it costs because mm-hmm. I'm using the same case uh that I bought in college for mm-hmm. my very first desktop build and all of the components, like motherboard, hard drives, etc., have been swapped in and out mm-hmm. over the years as stuff fails or gets upgraded, I'm going to guess it's maybe about $1,000-ish in there, but it performs like a computer four times its price mm-hmm. because I did it myself, and I only buy stuff on sale, and I buy the best... Uh, that's not true. I buy the second best thing because the best thing is always too expensive. Mm-hmm. And the second best thing is then super super good for a really long time. It generally fails before it goes bad. If like if that, that makes any sense,
0: that angle, yeah, that's a great angle. Uh, the the PC of Theseus is kind of where your <laughs> PC will become eventually, and you're like, I don't know when I like I don't know when that when I got this case, I don't know when I got this, you know, this hard drive, whatever. It's it, you just you just keep adding and changing things out as it either fails as or needed, as you yeah. need to upgrade, and it works really well. So um you can
1: everything's been replaced once the power supply has been replaced twice and that's like Mm. 10 12 years yeah something like that so
0: yeah i highly recommend you to take on your own pc needs Uh, it is not scary and there's so much out there now that there didn't used to be um but yeah that's that's the stuff that i would really encourage people to look at with full diy um you know just you dip your toe into it and take it one step at a time and eventually like me you'll have 80 projects that you never finish and that's really (laughs) unhealthy so, uh, you know, <laughs> I guess don't do what I did. <laughs>
1: Never finish anything. Always find the new shiny project. That's
0: that's our tip today, right? Exactly. I think. Um, no. in, in kind of the, the pseudo DIY world where you're really putting together like pre- um you know pre-made products but you're putting to get them together um there's a whole bunch of things that can go under this ikea uh, doesn't
1: count as diy no i just want to throw this out there if you put a calyx on its side and go it's a bench now it's freaking meant to do that that's not a hack
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. no anyway sorry um, you were but, saying <laughs> but is a huge ball of gaff tape diy <laughs> depends what you're using it for um but yeah this is what i would say rigging can be extremely diy or very much not depending on on what you're doing uh, uh it seems to end up somewhere in between where it, just to get some weird little shot especially for product stuff um it seems like you can make the strangest weirdest rigs that require way too much gaff tape and random bits and pieces and oh absolutely uh, you know a lot of stuff that's off the shelf and a lot of stuff that you're just kind of uh, grabbing whatever fits at the time well
1: so uh for my pinup calendar i did a shot of a genderbent willy wonka and for that shot um i used a punching bag stand and a yoga hammock so like are they meant to go together no but like it worked yep whatever it takes to get the shot so like that's pseudo diy i didn't actually just like buy a bunch of rope and stuff
0: but you know i think some lighting setups can be this way too where uh especially when you're on a budget like you can use just like a white sheet um and make a little frame for it and shoot a much harsher crappier light and you get a much softer nicer looking light on the other side Um, oh absolutely if you're shooting video do that 100 if you have the space for it yeah yeah this is more of a video thing but but lighting you can you can flex on lighting more than you might expect i mean sure at some point you're going to want to have all your nice soft boxes and uh, and your grids i I will say though
1: a pop a white light is a pop a white light Mm -hmm. if you can shape it the way it needs to be shaped you win mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. whether that is buying a chimera super expensive softbox or whether that is putting up a big sheet and just putting some halogen work lights through um you know the white light is the white light is the white light
0: yeah 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 um, speaking of putting up sheets a uh, soundproofing can be this way too uh, now the the easy one that I can recommend is moving blankets. No, moving blankets are not the best soundproofing material. I understand that, but boy, are they cheap, and they if work you pretty are well. in a
1: very echoey room, mm-hmm. they will help kill the echo. Yeah, yeah. But they're yeah. not soundproofing.
0: Yeah, I should say they're not soundproofing, but they will improve the acoustic environment of the space that you're in if you're in a very echoey environment. And um, they're so cheap um, that oftentimes it's worth just trying, like picking a couple up at Harbor Freight or whatever and, and seeing how it changes your space. And that actually might be um, a good halfway measure to spend a couple bucks and try that and see how it shapes your space before you buy like real uh, sound treatment blankets or even further sound treatment. And uh, no, don't just go buy egg crate foam. Um, that is a very easy trap to fall into. And a lot of YouTubers do it because, they, because it looks cool, especially if you have like, two-tone in a grid pattern mm, um yeah. soundproof uh, sound treatment is much deeper than that and really you want something that has like multiple materials and 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 uh, interacts with certain certain yeah, frequencies that, of sound do more research on this yeah
1: there's a big difference between the egg crate foam and soundproofing foam
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah um and you'll often want like different things you'll want like bass if you're into really trying to dial dial it in you want like uh, material that's like a bass trap that specifically goes off bass frequencies, and one for treble frequencies, and um, this can get uh, I- it, you know infinitely deep from Nerd. a learning perspective. <laughs> but I'm just saying, if you're on a budget and you're trying to like record a voiceover, you know. Put some moving blankets around you. Like, the whole, like, tent, the whole tent experience where you're, like, putting yourself in a bunch of blankets, it yeah. is janky, but you know what? It can work, and uh, you might look at some kind of pseudo DIY well, stuff. Well, I
1: know a bunch of podcasters and YouTubers that do their voiceover work by just going into their closet. They're, mm-hmm. All the clothes and the small space deadens ends the sound and gets them the acoustic quality they yeah. want
0: or yeah exactly that like what what acoustic quality do you want i know somebody who recorded tons and tons of music in a bathroom and you think a bathroom that has all these hard angles and might be echoey but f- but for what for the music they were recording it was the exact acoustic require uh environment that they that they felt sounded best for their recordings and so they recorded everything in there and were super pleased with it and so like yeah it can even be just like A random space just like (laughs) record and see how it sounds and you might end up in some space that you would have never imagined that works perfect for your use um other pseudo diy things uh bags or cases now you're gonna have to buy a well you might sew a bag if you're great um and like super excited about that but what i would say with this is more like Don't buy just whatever the fanciest camera specific bag that people tell you to buy. Buy a bag that's comfortable for you that can fit the stuff that you want it to fit, and then um, like put an insert in it or put some uh, dividers in it. Uh, You know, do something like that. Now, there are camera bags that are excellent, and I own too many of them. Um, I I just bought a camera bag that is specifically for photography, Mm -hmm.
1: and I still don't know how I feel about it. It's very strange, and mm-hmm. I'm not used to it at all. I don't know if it's great or if I just wasted like three hundred dollars. Um, but I will fight you on that somewhat, yeah. Because I DIYed some bags, and uh, they were awful. So for a very long time, I used an Eddie Bauer suitcase as right. a um, as a basically think tank logistics manager because I couldn't afford a think tank logistics manager. Um, and I padded it out, but, uh, stuff still got bumped around a little too much and had to go into repairs probably too frequently than it should have. Um, and then, uh, I started getting a bunch of C stands and so I bought a golf bag at Goodwill and started using that for my C stands. Um, the problem with that is, uh, there was nowhere to store the legs. I still I had to carry the legs separately, Um, and it just got really effing heavy, like so ridiculously heavy to the point where I actually picked it up and carried it from the car into a set once. And by the time I put the bag down, I had completely broken out everywhere where the pad was touching my shoulder. And I had just like a sore arm for like a week. Um, And that was when I was just like, no, I'm buying a think tank bag. Now I'm just going to spend the hundreds of dollars. There's some things that are just like, yeah, they're dumb and they're expensive, but they're worth it. Like I have a think tank speed belt. It's Mm -hmm. stupid expensive for what it is. It is a belt with some pouches on it. Why is this hundreds of dollars? This is stupid. But uh, you shoot your first wedding with that guy and you're like, oh, God, I can't go back to backpacks. No, this is phenomenal.
0: So on that, ta- on that tangent then, what is something that, other than bags and cases, that you will not do DIY?
1: Oh, man. um, So many people do, like, uh, lens adapter type mm-hmm. stuff or, like, extension tubes or, like, free lensing. Oh, hell no. I will not free lens. Um, I'd be way too worried about not just getting dust in the sensor but, like, dropping the lens as I'm trying to fiddle with it. Oh, boy, it. yeah. Uh, no, I'm,
0: that's, that's not for me. Um, let's, let's see. For me, um, uh, while you're thinking uh, audio yeah. stuff for me is, is things that I'll basically never DIY. Uh, I mean, I know I just How said some. Sound- could you? Oh, no, no, no. How do you DIY DIY? audio exactly Uh, so so some people will (laughs) some people have like like build their own mics and stuff and they always sound crappy some people do so what i'm thinking of is more rigging (laughs) than microphones. so obviously i just talk about sound treatment fine Uh, i've DOI'd sound treatment to some degree with varying degrees of success but um one thing that i'll see a lot is People just don't want to spend the money on a good mic mount or a good shock mount, so they'll try to do something. They'll be like, like "Oh, rubber well, bands yeah, or I, to, I can just use rubber or bands and I can like stick it in this thing." And, it's and not the same, it's not the same. Uh, just like you will, you will regret spending all that time doing that. Just it's it's, pay the it's not thirty or fifty dollars
1: yeah. or whatever for the shock mount. And just audio stuff is
0: yeah. increasingly so cheap for how good it is. Uh, you know, just buy just buy good equipment even even like microphone arms and stuff are surprisingly good for the money nowadays obviously you can spend a hundred dollars and get a really nice one um or even more but like i've seen you know 30 let's say not in the really really cheap range but like a 30 to 50 dollar uh mic arm that's very very good um and so just you know buy a solid mic arm maybe it's not the fancy the fanciest thing ever especially in um, you know, if you're doing this kind of recording, buy a good you mic arm. You mean
1: this mic arm?
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean whatever whatever works in uh your situation. Like you don't need to buy the top of the line thing, but buy something that's solid that doesn't bounce your mic around a bunch. Buy a good mic mount or spend way too much money on a mic that doesn't need a shock mount like this one. Um, <laughs> but you know, like this this kind of stuff is not really worth diying and for how cheap things are nowadays, um it's increasingly not worth the amount of time you're going to spend on it. So a lot of that audio like rigging kind of stuff is um, not worth it, in my opinion. But anything else that you wouldn't DIY?
1: Uh, Let's see. I mean, there's so many things that you DIY that are just beyond me and my capability. I, I think for me, it really comes down to... If if I'm not comfortable doing it, mm-hmm. I'm not going to DIY it. So That's you're fair. you're going to laugh at me. I'll clean my lenses. I will not clean my sensor. I oh. have my sensor professionally serviced. I've
0: cleaned my sensor multiple because
1: times. Yeah. because I do not have steady hands. I am a klutz. I do not trust myself to r- not ruin my $4,000 camera trying to clean the sensor. That's I'd fair. rather just pay someone a couple hundred dollars once a year to just have it serviced.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, I've cleaned my sensors uh, multiple times. Um, I've not been too scared of that. But you're um, but you're you. But you're I'm... magical unicorn <laughs> who can fix many things. <laughs> not really.
1: I am not as technologically
0: inclined or as DIY inclined as you are. Um, the one thing that I would say that I, I do a lot to, to, to go along the DIY lines is there's a lot of like um, uh, 3d printer related photography stuff out there, like stuff that holds backdrops or, um, mm. you know, that yeah. adapts lenses and stuff. Um, that's really cool. And I have uh, too many 3d printers and I really love 3d printing. Uh, what, that turns into um is you spend more time uh, tweaking and building printers than actually printing anything um so you might think (laughs) oh i know an easy way to diy stuff i'll get a 3d printer and then i can build all sorts of stuff that's a great thought but that's not exactly how it works out get Um, a 3d (laughs)
1: printer if you love
0: 3d printing yes if you want to get into the hobby do that um if you want just a good 3d printer i mean i guess find a, a friend with a 3d a, printer Yeah, find a friend with a 3d printer or buy a prusa against <laughs> uh, not sponsored but i know they're very solid um otherwise uh don't fall into that trap um but as you said for everything it, it's dependent on your skills um you might hey, want to by start the way smaller. is my
1: uh is my color checker holder 3d printed yet
0: uh, <laughs> uh we're, we're, we'll get there <laughs> <laughs> I'm working on it okay I'm having uh I'm having z-axis shifting that is a problem
1: <laughs> <laughs> see I don't even C- know what that would be- C- means
0: yeah it's 3d printing is bad don't get into it um no it's actually <laughs> great it's actually great if you like tinkering but um like you said it's dependent on your skills it depends on how much time you have and want to sink into it you start small um if something if you diy something and it sucks that doesn't mean that you should never diy it or other things again um you're going to suck before you get better as with anything i will Um, also say though sometimes
1: mm. it's you and sometimes it's the thing you followed yeah so for example um you sent me a tutorial that was neat and it was hang a bunch of sound blankets Mm mm-hmm uh, and you get uh, you get the reflector-type quality yeah. while also having a sound treatment. Mm-hmm. I'm like, neat. I followed his tutorial to the letter instead of measuring myself, <laughs> and the measurements were not correct, and I ended up with, what the And f- I'm not buying a new piece of wood for this! And I just, like... And I kind of have to, like, warp the last little bit over the hook, but, like, it doesn't quite get around it so i had to like shave the corners, so i have these weird oval ends and now the hooks are like bending and it's not quite it's just
0: eh. what you're saying is measure twice cut once yeah yeah that's basically what i'm saying and measure measure another time um yeah the the other
1: diy nightmare that i'm having right now is i found a really cool way to hold your seamless paper Mm -hmm. um it was just by like the tubes like, um, just like big four inch piping or whatever, and just drill it to a board. And then you just stick the thing in. I'm like, this looks awesome. Except where I need to store it in my studio, it has a hanging shelf, maybe like 12 inches in front of it. And I mount that on the wall. And now I literally cannot get a 10 foot straight thing under the shelf and up through the hole. So I'm like, well, this doesn't work at all. (laughs) It works in his studio. It doesn't work in my studio.
0: It's part of the fun. that's part of the fun.
1: <laughs> I mean like it wasn't terribly expensive. I think so far that project's cost me like 20 bucks, but like I could have just bought this stupid $20 foam thing from B&H at this point. Um it kind of makes me sad cuz I don't want to buy the B&H foam, but I might
0: just cave cuz I'm Cause Just in admitting defeat. Done.
1: I am I want to admit defeat <laughs> at this point.
0: Yeah. I would say the other the other option for all of this kind of DIY conversation is uh there are other alternatives beyond build it yourself or buy the fanciest thing. Like look at used gear. Uh, you know, something like a, a used C stand can be just as solid as a new one. It might have some scratches on it. As long as it is a so good what? brand, as as a good one, I right? honestly mm-hmm. do not know how you destroy a C stand.
1: Those yeah. are you can destroy light stand please let us i know, have
0: destroyed a few please let us know if you have successfully destroyed a c-stand and how <laughs> i know who
1: to ask i'm gonna ask them as soon as we're done recording here uh Excellent. no c-stands are phenomenal if you ever see anyone selling one it's basically new just buy yeah. it yeah. for a, sure
0: a lot of that kind of very solid you know hard to destroy stuff buying used is great i have bought used cameras i bought used lenses mm-hmm. um even the more the the trickier you know more delicate stuff you can buy used and get away with it uh, the camera you're watching me on if you're watching this on YouTube right now is a used camera with a used lens um, you can succeed that way you just have to be increasingly careful when it gets away from stuff that's like C stands that's very easy to See that it's solid, um, or you can look at alternative brands. You know, for stuff like lighting, we have talked in the past many times about you know stuff like Godox um, could be a great alternative to name brand. Um, there's a ton of random you know LED video lights, um, mm-hmm. of, you know, name the alternative brands that uh, cost way, way, way less, and some of them like Aperture that have actually climbed there used to be the cheap brand and they've climbed back up in price because their lights have been so good. Um, So, you know, take a look at some of the alternative brands Um, as we've warned before, be careful with that, but that can be an alternative to either building something yourself or buying the most expensive name brand thing.
1: Way back in the day when I was deciding to pull the trigger and buy studio strobes, I did entirely too much research. And for me, uh, 12 something years ago, it was uh, Ellen Chrome pro photo or Palsy buff. And pro photo was immediately out cause they were just way too expensive. And it was like Ellen Chrome buff. I'm like, well Ellen Chrome is slightly better, but their soft boxes cost a lot more. And I realized if I buy into that system, I am, I am committing future me to spend more money versus policy buff pretty much all of their uh, modifiers are a hundred dollars or less so i'm like you know what i'm gonna do that and have i bought a ton of modifiers no i think i have five six i'm gonna say six or seven uh policy buff soft boxes so it's not even like a ton but it, that's just how much money would i uh, did i save over buying you know seven ellen chrome ones mm-hmm. um so so there is something to be said for for kind of doing research and looking at stuff but you know what when we talked about the professional episode what gets the job done I'm not shooting sports mm-hmm. I'm not shooting you know athletes jumping off cliffs uh, the the stop uh, motion tea time and all of that is just fine for me. The recycle is quick enough for my needs. Um, I don't shoot motor drive on the same strobe. I only shoot motor drive when I'm cycling through strobes. So, you know the the cheap one it it got the job done and I saved probably thousands of dollars because I have oh dear lord I have so many of those heads. I want to say twelve.
0: I have Tons. a lot. <laughs> but uh yeah that's as far as the conversation conversation whether you should diy something take on a photography hack as we mentioned in the beginning of the episode or um or buy it off the shelf. um the answer as you've seen like many discussions we have is it depends and uh, hopefully this episode helped guide you it depends uh, <laughs> the podcast yes pretty much <laughs> uh but yeah hopefully this helped guide you uh a little bit in uh to uh, trying to decide whether you should buy that thing or build it yourself um and yeah i guess uh let us know you know hit us up with your uh diy photography projects we'd we'd love to see what you have built the cool things that you have done uh with your own two hands uh, we'd love to see that and uh and share some of those stories so uh definitely Absolutely. reach out to us at uh uh photo op uh dot show is our website and it's a uh, hello at photo dash op dot show is the email address so reach out and uh we'd love to hear from you
1: uh, awesome uh yeah we actually have a diy kind of in progress once you get your z access thing yes. figured out that we're uh <laughs> There were were printings, but uh, that'll be coming to you on my YouTube channel at Nom Creative sometime soon. And uh, we look forward to bringing you another episode next week. Until then, shoot us your DIY, and we'll see you If you have questions or ideas for future episodes, you can email us at hello at photo-op.show.
0: Watch us on Ben's YouTube channel at Nom Creative.
1: As in Om Nom Nom.
0: Share this with a friend, and you can listen to Photo Op anywhere podcasts are sold.
1: Or download Cause it's free thought and effort
0: into uh... you want to start that over again.
1: I do want to start that over again.